Okay, we are live. This is End Times for Dummies, Lesson 6, 2 Peter, Chapter 3. Scott, you have the floor, sir. Okay, so a quick uh, quick recap. Uh, who can give us just a real quick recap of uh, last week we looked at? Whose writings? Paul Graham. Paul's, Paul's, Paul's writings. Yep. Uh, first and second Thessalonians. Correct, correct. And at the, uh, at the top of page 25 in your book, there are uh, about six timing markers that we went through that you should have been able to add to your timeline um, based on what we went through and looked at last week. Uh, if we have time uh, at the end tonight, uh, we might just uh, roll out a whiteboard and see if we can start adding some points on the timeline, and, uh, starting back at, the, at uh, lesson one and uh, see how far we can uh, we can make it along the way just to make sure everybody's keeping up and has got a good timeline going uh, so this week we moved along uh, in the apostolic writings and we started uh, and completed uh, a look at uh, at second peter so uh, the first set of verses we looked at were in second uh, peter chapter three Verses 1 through 7, if somebody can start us off tonight with that passage. This is now the second letter I am sending to you, beloved. In both them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of Adonai, of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they were deliberately for they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the, but, but by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Okay, so what what did you pick up from this set of verses? With respect to an in, in end times perspective, what's what's Peter trying to get across to the uh, the folks he's writing to? I think he's got a parallel um, back to Noah, and <laughs> everybody got wiped out, and everybody's going to get wiped out, kind of thing. You know, there was a catastrophic event. There's going to be a catastrophic event is sort of how I see And probably next week or maybe the week after, we're going to see some more parallels to that uh, reference back to Noah, Noah, destruction, and... Preservation. Preservation. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Too. Right. So there's, there's a... While there's a parallel here, what's, what are the contrasts? In that parallel that, that that Peter is drawing. Fire and water. Fire and water. The destruction that took place back in the days of Noah was by water. Mm. And he's indicating that this next destruction isn't going to be by water. But we should already know that. I was just going to say, right? <laughs> I think we've got a rainbow to prove that right, that will never exactly. happen. There's yeah. been a promise made and evidence of that promise that we are reminded of constantly. There's even a blessing for that, isn't there? There is, but no promise about fire. Right, exactly right. In fact, we've got a, it's not referenced here, but we've got a, a uh, uh, another precedent for destruction by fire and preservation of the righteous. Zechariah? Not what I was thinking of. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in fire. We've also got uh, the two sons of Aaron in fire. 
We've also got... Uh, was there a fire when the earth was opened up? Yeah, what's his name? Um, Korah. Sons of Korah. Korah. Sons of Korah. Korah. Not the sons, they, they lasted. The Korah and the guys that were with Korah. Yeah. For uh, the... Uh, yeah, but that just... <laughs> but the, uh, the, fire the 250 thing. guys that were doing the... Uh, the incense. The incense thing. But maybe we didn't hit the one you were thinking. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Uh, what? Abraham fire? Well, like, yeah, the sages say there was some kind of fire with Nimrod or something, but I don't know that your dad's thinking of that one. Which, what did you say? Abraham was thrown in the fiery furnace from Nimrod. You broke your dad's idol. <laughs> Not the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking the right time frame. Sedona and Amora. Yes. No! Oh, yes. Sedona and Amora. Yes. yes. That one. Yes. Uh -huh. Oh, that, that, that one. one. <laughs> <laughs> There was so much fire in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Fire and brimstone. Yep. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's good. That's good. So wow, I mean, we went through a whole lot of fire. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Josiah. That's uh, extra mitzvah points. Keeping it simple. Holy cow! Yeah. You'll, you'll get the five bucks for that later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in your savings, of course. That's right. Of course. <laughs> so what? What does? Uh, What's the point that uh, Peter's making early in these uh, in this set of verses? We've, we've got destruction time. referenced in the latter half. What was that, Micah? Everyone is. Everyone How come I can't hear you when you talk tonight? What? Everyone is going to die by fire on the day of judgment. Well, not quite everyone, but all the ungodly. Ungodly, ungodly right? Yeah. Uh huh. So that's kind of what's going on in the latter half of the verses. What's going on in the first half? So it's a precedence about the nature of the people. Um, scoffers, the will come right. preceding got, all this. It's, right. it's kind of odd that the scoffers come and they're scoffing. Mockers will come with their mocking. Yeah, yeah. you know, I just, I just saw, read that this week and thought, that's an odd way to put it. What are scoffers going to do but scoff? <laughs> you know, we don't call them scoffers for nothing. Right. Skeptics. Yeah. So, um, not so much of a, a, a timing marker, I don't think, other than the fact that it's going to happen in the last days. Well, it's, it's a sequence for sure. He says, right. no, first of all, right. these scoffers are going to come. Right. There's most definitely a sequence. And I'd also... Uh, call it somewhat of a sign. Mm. A yes, a harbinger. Mm. You're going, mm. when you see this happening in the last days, know this. These scoffers are going to come a scoffing. These mockers are going to come mocking, following after their own lusts. And what is it they're scoffing and, and mocking about? The flood. Return to the Messiah. In no, this case, the, the flood. Right? Where's the promise of his coming? Right. Yeah. Everything's been the same. Right. We've been rocking yeah. along yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, like yeah. You're normal. Right. You're right. Everything's happening. There is, you know, so they're basically saying, you foolish people, mm -hmm. what are you doing mm -hmm. with your eyes up toward the sky looking for the coming of the Messiah? You know, quite frankly, Paul said the same thing. First Corinthians 15. Mm -hmm. If the resurrection didn't happen, then we are most to be pitied. Because we're actually living like this. I mean, that's just that's just stupid. But the resurrection did happen. Therefore, our life does have meaning. There is an end, and right. so on. Right. Um, it's. Uh, I remember. Uh, what's his name that did the uh, creation uh, videos? Kent Hovind. Hovind. Yeah, Kent Hovind. Kent Hovind. Yes. He uh, he quotes verse five. Do you remember that from one of his videos? Is if they deliberately overlook this fact, he looks at the audience and says, That means there were stupid on purpose. <laughs> I like that. It's interesting, too, that speaking of verse 5, uh, we've, got the, we've got the reference for, of water being part of creation. creation. Yeah. And then the reference to water being the vehicle of destruction mm. that God used. Um, but I think it, it's 
it, it's real important to uh, to keep in mind that the what Peter's indicating in three and four. Ever since the father fell asleep, everything continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. They have deluded themselves to thinking that just because it hasn't happened up till now means that it won't happen in the future. If, um, if Joshua were here, Joshua Spurlock were here, um, he would be familiar with the thing that we have, a, a disclaimer that we have in the securities industry, Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Exactly right. <laughs> but, I, but I think you, you know, let's not overlook the fact that they overlooked the fact that it hasn't been as they've described. There was a crash in the market. And there was, there was a change from early times. There was a flood. He did do something, and he will again. Right. And, right. and I think um, Peter's... Peter's locked onto that to say, no, he's he's acted before, and he will act again. You know, mm -hmm. as it says in seven, the by by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. Yes. It's it's reserved. It's going to happen. We're just not there yet. Right. And uh, probably next week we'll get some more of those indicators of things that we should, that we will expect to see leading up to that, to those, uh, to those events. You know, you, it, if I could, you, you bring, you bring that up and, and I think it's important because we didn't mention it last time, um, about the doctrine of imminence, Right, right. Is was talked about at the end of uh, the last lesson. We didn't get a chance to talk about it here. I don't think. Mm -hmm. But the concept of imminence is, or, or the doctrine of imminence is that nothing's got to happen. I mean, it could, he could he could come back right now. And just in the first five lessons, you, I would hope we've all drawn the conclusion that that's not what that's not what we're reading. We are actually reading sequential events that must occur, that the Bible clearly says has to occur before this destruction of the ungodly that you just talked about. Right. Observable, verifiable events, events yeah. that are described that must take place and will take place right. before. Yeah. The, the fact that he will come quickly or that he will come like a thief does not mean that it's imminent. It just means right. that when he does come, he'll come quickly, and he'll come like a thief. And to the world, it will be unexpected. Exactly. But yeah. I think we're going to find out here whether that same theory or concept applies to us, right? So let's move on to, um, uh, well, before we go there, um, we already talked about the contrast between water and fire, um, but... In the, the, the third question in the study guide was a reference to uh, the day of judgment, destruction of the un ungodly, and then what's the sequence here? How's that going to unfold? What do, what do we see in these verses that gives us an idea about the sequence in those two events? How does it happen? When does it happen? One dependent on the other, which one comes first? I think that the day of judgment will come first, and then the destruction of the ungodly is the sentence. You know that that's exactly the same thing that I was thinking about when I went through when I was read through this. Judgment comes just like in a court of law. The judgment comes first, and then the sentence is meted out. Right. It's a judgment comes and destruction follows. Okay, let's move on and uh, somebody read 8 through 10 for us, please. One other oh, sure. thing I just want to point out. Um, mm -hmm. I see often um, this mention about heaven and earth um, being the last result, it being burned up. And the role heaven and earth play, specifically this heaven and earth, leads me back to Moshe whenever he, they were crossing into Canaan. And he said, I call as witnesses before you heaven and earth. Um, and as they were calling out blessings and curses 
choose life. And Yeshua then parroting that same thing, not one jot or tittle of the word will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away before um, that my word does. Mm -hmm. But it, again, it points to this last day um, and how heaven and earth, the two witnesses have to be basically in a, um, agreement and they both pass away before this new age comes. Right. Mm -hmm. I just see mm -hmm. that often, heaven and earth. And that's, I mean, you can look out and see that there's the heaven still and there's the earth. So the word still stands. Right. Nothing yeah, has yeah. changed. Exactly. We're still waiting for that day. It's a representation of the totality, right? Right. What is there besides heaven and earth? It's mm -hmm. Everything is encompassed in, in those two things. Good. Which one, eight to ten? Eight through ten. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Good, thank you. So what, um, uh, the, the one day like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What's, it's a metaphor. For? The timetable of the Lord. It's in his timetable. Mm -hmm. And if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen on his, in his time. Right. I don't think it's a literal representation of what most people say. Oh, you know, a day is like a thousand. So they equate that it took 6,000 years for God to create creation. And also that there's got to be 6,000 years past to man before judgment occurs. They use a lot of doctrination based off of this. Uh -huh. I think it's just simply saying it's in the timetable of the Lord. And to him, for us, what seems like an eternity to him, it's nothing. Right. Yeah. In comparison to eternity. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's good. Good. Well, I, th I, think, I think folks that, that try and put the long, long day creation stuff together, um, yeah, have, have blown it. Um, but Peter's quoted in Psalms, and this is where the sages get the idea that the earth was created in six days and then one day for rest. And, and that's, that's their concept of time for the end times. 6,000 days, or 6,000 years, if you will, uh, for man to reign, 1,000 years for Messiah to reign. And then you get the first day of the week, or the eighth day, uh, and that being the Olam Haba, which has no end. Um, I like their, their take on it. Um, I think you're right, though. Um, a lot of folks have just taken that, ran with it, and done whatever they wanted. Um, but I, I think the sages have it, have it clipped tight. And since we're in the year 5779 right now, um, and the world's going to hell in a handbasket, FedEx, by the way, um, they might not be all that far off, you know, if it's a, a, a generic kind of thing. But it's interesting that he, he, he quotes that. And so I think, I think it can be both, you know. It's just, hey, it's longer than you think. It's up to him. It's his time. Um, but you could have a, a general general deal going on. Well, yeah. A lot of cult leaders sprang up yeah. on the basis of a timetable of when the Lord is going to do what. Yeah. So I think we need to be mindful and careful not to limit God based off of this, even though we know Daniel kind of was like, by the way, God, your timetable's about up here. <laughs> um, but, but Daniel was quoting was God. Right. Yeah, God exactly. said it's going to be this long. Uh -huh. Right. So Daniel's brain going, okay, he said it was that long. What, um, what, what do we need to do? Yeah, but <laughs> Peter's here going back to the concept that men are saying it's been all this time since the, our forefathers have been dead. Things have continued as normal, and he's bringing it again. God has not forgotten what he's already said. Amen. Even if in your you know, limited time frame it seems like it's been eternity, it's going to happen. Don't be caught unaware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. I think verse 9 pointed back directly to verse 4. 
where he's saying, you know, God's not sold by his promise. It's going to happen according to verse 8 in accordance with the timetable that God's mm -hmm. already determined for it. And just because the people are, the others are saying that, uh, you know, where's the promise of his coming? We, we've just been rocking along like this ever since the Father's passed. In uh, Peter's indicate here, no, God's just being, God's just being patient. He's just, he's just demonstrating patience in before he exercises his judgment because it's his wish that there wouldn't be anybody mm -hmm. left who would perish. That all shrink to repentance. Mm -hmm. Amen. Exactly. Could also, as you read it, say, as some count slowness, kind of that caution, like we're saying, like Dad was saying, I think he kind of should be cautious where there's all these prophecies of when the end times are coming. And every once in a while, some evangelical leader will come out and say, this is happening. And I think it's something that I feel like I'm always very cautious just to take them for what they're saying. Being cautious that who is this person really representing when they're prophesying this? Mm -hmm. I don't really know that we've had too many prophets as of late. And so I think it's... Important here as saying, as some count slowness. Right. Not to think that you know what God is thinking and how God has planned things out, that just to be ready for whenever God is to come. Uh, that's a good point. Joseph will remember the 88 reasons why Jesus will return in 1988. Absolutely. Which didn't come to pass. 88 reasons? Yes. And didn't come to pass. 88 for 88. But then. When it didn't happen, the same person came out with 89 reasons why Jesus will return in 1989. <laughs> Gotta keep it going. When that didn't happen, yeah. he, he, he lost a his, his credibility was shot at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I do think uh, it's a, you pointed us back to four, it would take us back to verse two. Mm -hmm. um, to, to these guys on the couch here, that we should remember the predictions, right? The predictions of the holy prophets. Um, you, you've probably heard in, in evangelical circles of, about getting a rhema from the Lord and so that's what that's this word right the, a rhema uh, so these predictions of not just regular people but the holy prophets that's the guys that are in the Bible mm -hmm. not in Harris Teeter um, and the commandment to the Lord which is what we're going to go over next week um, in Matthew chapter 24 mm -hmm. um so it's really two places that we should look. And a guy on the radio is not it. Those two places are both in the Bible, and they are his prophets and his Messiah. So, mm -hmm. cool. Good. so let's hit, um, uh, before we move on to the next set of, of verses, let's talk about verse 10 um, a little bit. And because I think we've seen something similar to this in prior verses that we've studied, what is the day of the Lord coming like a thief? To whom will the day of the Lord come like a thief? Those unprepared. Those, I'm sorry? Those unprepared and not aware of all the signs and happenings that will come before as, as signs before the day of the Lord, they will be caught off guard because they don't know these. They're thinking every single time something really bad happens that it's coming and then after a while, after things calm down, they're, okay, then something big happens again and they're, nope, it's not gonna happen. And then, oh wow, it is happening. So that's what it means by caught off guard, right? They're, they're going to be, yes, those are the people who are unprepared. Yeah. These are the same people we were just talking about who are saying, Nothing ever this, happens. Yeah, it's not, gonna, it's not even going to happen. That they're going to be uh, caught off guard just like a thief who comes in the night catches the occupants of the home off guard. Unless you're in the Switzerland household and you have an arsenal. <laughs> in which case it's the thief who's the thief got exactly <laughs> you know the, the, the word thief is kleptos in the Greek 
And we get from that the word kleptomaniac. Right from this word right here. What's a kleptomaniac? A kleptomaniac is a person who cannot or is under compulsion to steal. An addiction. The case. Okay. So the last set of verses we have here in uh, in chapter two is uh, is I'm sorry, chapter three is verses eleven through eighteen. Uh, well, I think before you read it, I'm not going to read it. I just want to hear some thought on it first. Um, before we do works that are done in it. Before, before we do expose, could we? I just wanted to make note of something because mm -hmm. we're going to be moving deeper into the apostolic writings with uh, Matthew and then Revelation. Um, I, if I were you guys, I'd just make a quick note, even if you're on your computer playing games with this. No, 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 sure. <laughs> um, verse 10. The heavens will pass away with a roar. That word means big noise. It's noisy. You should make a note of that because I think you're going to read stuff in the next couple of lessons that will be exactly the opposite. I read, it, I read, I read the rest of the book. I'm just trying to warn you. Sorry. You're saying that... I'm saying that you should make note that Peter says that this dissolving, burning up, this, <coughs> this burning up and dissolving of the heavens and earth and so forth is a noisy affair. And is this representative of the day of the Lord? I'm not in charge. Okay. I, I think we've already I, seen. I think, yeah, this is, and seen, then the heavens. Right. I think we've already seen the day of the Lord is coming and stuff like that. Um, then there seems to be, as Josiah was saying, some judgment and then some uh, punishment or destruction mm -hmm. of some type. But is the exposure of the evil works that are going on? Is that it says, and then uh, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed, brought to light. Um, or could that be the anti-messiah and Hasatan deceiving everyone and the false messiah not anti-messiah being revealed as the anti-messiah because they have been deceiving a bunch of people into thinking that the anti-messiah is the messiah right because it is a reveal, re revealing of what is it? Uh, revealing of the. What is it? Sorry. It's first time. Thank you. And the works, the earth, and the earth, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. I don't know that the, the, the context would lend itself to such a narrow interpretation of just being the anti-Messiah. Um, I'm reminded of uh, when the Master, in, in several of his parables, makes it clear that anything that's done in secret will be brought into light. And if you think that your sins are in the dark, you're foolishly deluding yourself. Uh, I think it, we see in Torah how the land is affected by people's actions. Mm -hmm. Whether the land is sanctified by righteousness or whether the land is, is stained or, or is negatively affected by sin. And that was what came to mind when I was thinking of this, that it's like, even though there's an, an outward appearance of beauty in the earth, that at a time like this, when everything's kind of coming to light, people will see all of the, the, the sin that's been perpetrated. Like when they find a body, a dead body between two cities, and they gotta take the cow out there and break its neck and wash their hands over it and you know, say a blessing. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't know who did this, we do this. Yeah. 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 
And it's interesting that your translation and your translation and maybe some others use the word Reveal. revealed. Mine uses burned up. Exposed. Exposed. Mine uses burned up. Mine too. Uh-huh. Hmm. Now, there's no... Oh, wait, wait. Mine, mine uses burned up at the beginning. Heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. Mm -hmm. Earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Yeah, so this one says, the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with its intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, okay. There's a footnote here that says early manuscripts read, instead of burned up, discovered. Or found. Which would be Closer to exposed, closer to exposed yeah, yeah. or revealed. Uh -huh. oh, so, kind of I'm reading out of the King James, and that's the most accurate. Well, <laughs> good enough for Jesus is good enough for you. Right. Right. Uh, I want to go back to the question on the Day of the Lord, uh, because I, I I would encourage us to think of the Day of the Lord not as an event at a point in time, but rather a, a, a span of time. Hmm. Well, we've already seen in some of these uh, previous lessons that there's a lot of stuff going on right. during the day of the Lord. In, in his day, this will happen. On that day, this will, you know. So, right. it, it can't be just a too much. There's, yes, that's right. There's, there's a, there's, and, and I think we'll see that borne out as we get into Matthew and as we get into Revelation, the things that will happen. But so, so think of the day of the Lord not so much as a point in time that coincides with the return of Yeshua, but rather the return of Yeshua inaugurating a span of time that would be the day of the Lord. And I like it. I like it. Okay. So, how does that? relate to the last day or should we wait on that the uh, and the, re the reference to the last day is which we talked about extensively last week i think the week before well in the in verse three uh we've got a reference in the last in the last days where peter's indicating leading up to this period of time you know here's what's going to be happening so is that kind of what well, Yeshua mentions the last day is this period of what we call see resurrection of the dead on that last day. So is well, the last day an event within the day of the Lord is what I'm trying to say. I would need I to would, see the context of the okay. last day. Yeah, it, and I really can see what I can find here. Because he mentions the last day extensively, repeatedly, and uh, I don't no know one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think that is in the context of the day of the Lord, personally. Yeah. But I think we'll see that, right, as we, as we go. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. I was just commenting. I don't. I agree with you that the last day and the day of the Lord are not. Synonymous, but that the last day could be an event within the time frame of the day of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don't think somewhere near the end. But hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hence the last. Yeah. All right. Right. I was. How about uh, any other comments, Isaac? Did you have something that you wanted to talk about? Hmm. Exposed. So we got it. We got you covered there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. I was just curious about that. All right. Eleven through eighteen. I got it. Okay. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people are you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for waiting for and hastening the coming of, the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens. Excuse me, and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish, in at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, because our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters, when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which are ignorant kidding. and unstable twist to their direction. 
as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people, and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua Messiah. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was raised Southern Baptist, and often I heard repeatedly the message of doom as a form of salvation. And it reminds me of the um, sermon, I forgot who did it, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Um, yeah. Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards, Edwards, yeah, yeah, where he's saying, you know, we're like a spider web. Um, yeah, like a, a spider web, spider web, web the fires of fire. Yeah. Did you know it's that like the Peter's building, using this. <laughs> did you know that the building next door to the church caught on fire while he was reading that sermon? Okay. The people were throwing themselves in the eye. They were holy <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> he talks about that spider but with the fires of hell, and they're looking at fire through the windows. Oh, man. Yeah, but Peter seems to be using the same kind of yeah. concept. By the way, you don't want to be in that boat <laughs> of be people being burned side. off. Oh. So what kind of people should you be, you know? So he's just, again, it puts a smile on my face because I've grown up, and I have my own views of, is that an effective means of um, oh. proselytizing? Right, you know? right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, to that to that point, I think you know, looking at uh, eleven and twelve being that, uh, you know, w- what kind of people are, should you be, given the fact that you know all this all this stuff is going to burn up at the end, and if you're not righteous, you know, you're going to be with that with that group. But then he kind of turns a little bit; he pivots just slightly. And says, according to his promise, we're looking for a new heaven and a new earth. We, we don't. We need. We can look past that yeah. destruction. Presumably, that, because it's not going to. It's not going to take us. us. Yeah. Right. We can look past that to a new heaven and a new earth, where righteousness is going to reign. Mm. And apparently, we're going to need a new heaven and a new earth after what happens to the unrighteous takes place that he's that he's just uh, that he's just talked about Alex to your point being the uh, the destruction by uh, by fire um, and and then from there he uh, uh, he jumps off to the the real heavy exhortations right starting in 14 mm. all right so given all this Here's how, here's how you need to live. You know, be diligent. Be found spotless and blameless. And regard the patience of the Lord as salvation, your deliverance. And then he, then he goes off on making some commentary about his brother Paul. And it's interesting that, that, uh, uh, that he makes the comments there in 16 about you know, he talks about these same things, you know, just like we looked, which is what we looked at last week. Right. He talks about these, these things, the same things in his letters. And let me just tell you, some of these, some of what he writes is hard to understand. You know, it's like he's he's coming up alongside those that he's writing to. It says like, I know it. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. He's got long sentences. But then he and then he he pivots again and, and says, you know, the untaught and the unstable will take those things and they'll twist them. But I, I think he, he does it again in seventeen. Mm-hmm. And to Josiah's earlier point, these are the people that we should not be like. Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. You know this stuff beforehand. You've been given the keys. You understand what will happen. Shouldn't you live like you know? Right. You know. Don't don't be caught. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. I wonder how many of the doctrines and dogmas throughout the history of the world have been based specifically on what Paul writes. Mm. Oh. Who's hard to understand. And he's hard to understand. I mean, and oftentimes you got these what I call Pauline paradoxes. Yeah. 
where he seems to say, well, the law is not relevant for today, but it is, and you should be, you know, a works-based salvation, but no, it's not by works. And you try and understand what he's trying to talk about in what context. And oftentimes, ignorant people take those things and develop their own dogmas yeah, right. and doctrines based off this right. alone, completely ignoring anything Yeshua ever mentioned. Do you think it's hard that the folks that he's talking to here, that, that Peter's writing to, who's this audience? Who's his audience that he's writing to here? Jews or Greeks? Jews. Jews. Do you think these things are hard to understand? To, yeah. to the audience he's writing to? No, they're quite familiar with Torah. They should be familiar with Torah and therefore understand Paul's context a lot easier than Gentile believers who don't have the Torah contacts that Paul's writing to, which I think is exactly to your point. The church reading Paul outside of his Jewish context can he's, come can walk away with a Pharisee. A, yeah, with a wrong understanding of a lot of his doctrines. He said there's contradictions. Right. There's a quote word here I thought we we could bring up. Micah, if if you see a guy in the Olympics getting ready to do one of the swimming competitions, what is he normally wearing? The weird swimming suit. That little weird swimming suit. What's it called? A speedo. A speedo. Take a look, because I'll tell you where that word came from. In verse 12, what are we supposed to do? Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and speeding up or hastening? Speed up. The coming of the day of God. Speed is up. There you go. <laughs> Even uh, Siri gets the speedo thing. That's that's where the word comes from. It means to, to go quick. That's why you would wear a speedo. Uh, something's wrong. Please try again. How, is a speedo a speedo or is it like a sharpie where it's just a brand? No, speedo, the bathing suit, the brand comes from the Greek word to hasten, to, to get quick, to go fast. Speedo, just like Nike is also from the apostolic scriptures. It means overcomer, the guy who wins. Leave it to the marketing of sports gear. That's right. That's, That's right. right. So speaking of verse 12, there, there are two things that we're supposed to do in connection with the coming of the day of the Lord. What, what are those two things? Waiting and hastening. I would, I would say first, living lives of holiness and godliness is one. And then the second would be waiting and hastening. But... Um, I've already seen your dad twist people up. <laughs> how, how do you hasten, so, Scott? Exactly. <laughs> how, do you, how do you hasten the coming of the day of the Lord? I never knew the answer to that until recently. Hmm. Josiah, if you're, if you're leading a life of holiness and godliness, what should I expect to see? Patience. That's cool. Specifically, what will I see? What will you be doing? Give me some examples. Mike, help him out. Praying every day. Praying, good. Also, reading every day. Spreading the word. Spreading the word? How about keeping the Sabbath? Yes. That's what the sages say. If, all, if every Jew on the planet, just one time, would keep the Sabbath, Messiah will come. Boom! Just like that. Well, not imminently, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Living lives of godliness. To be eager for the arrival of one of the, um, that translation, of one, like if you uh, zoom in on Aquarius, it's one of the little um, pieces it says. Where is that? Which, which one uh, is that one? Uh, the SESV. Uh, yeah. uh, if you uh, highlight hastening. Hastening. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You asked, what should you see in someone who's living a life of godliness? You should see godliness, living holiness, example, and godliness. 
of someone being obedient, of obedience to God's command. Right. right. That's why the sages say, if everybody just kept silent once, we could be good. It's good. Um, I just wanted to point out that in the ESV, um, it is the same in the Greek. I'm not saying it's a better or worse translation, but uh, in verse 10 we have dissolved. In verse 11 we have dissolved. In verse 12 we have dissolved. And they are luo every single time. Um, but I, I if, if I may. Yes, please. Um, I just thought you might not really get this word. What, do, what does it mean? Dissolved. It's like to be broken up. Okay. Concerned. So let me give you a, a couple of examples of where this word is used in the apostolic scriptures that maybe could you know, make you uh, think a little differently. Um, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Same word, luo. Um, go into the village. You'll find a donkey. Untie him. Bring him to me. Untie. Luo. Same word. Um, his ears were opened. His tongue was released. Luo. Same word as dissolved. Sorry. I don't know when Ten's pop bits was released. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Which word is Luo? So, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, Luo, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So, is dissolved a good translation? Depends on where you look. There's several different... You see, see it's, it's... it's not so much dissolved as it is breaking the bonds or loosening it or busting it up. So like separating then dissolving? The idea is that this word is used a lot, luo, uh, to loosen, to make things fall apart. It's not necessarily an ice cube in water in hot water, sugar in tea, is, is not necessarily dissolving, other than if you're a scientist, the dissolving of the bonds that are holding it together. That's what this word means. So if you're thinking it's going to burn and we're going to watch it Something dissolve. Something What is not the picture here. Right. It's not a physical dissolving. It's, it's a breaking up of everything. Yeah. It, yeah. Which may be why destruction yeah. is used here. Yeah, exactly. You okay. bet. Uh, any final comments? We've, we've got uh, one item to add to the timeline um, from tonight. Um, and I promised my son that we would be leaving at 8.30 so that he's not in, in jeopardy violation of, of yes, rotten and dirty. Of, I'm sorry. <laughs> Our youth of today would say riding dirty. Okay. Meaning illegally. Okay. Riding dirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it passed me. Um, so even though we've got a nice whiteboard here, um, we're going to have to yeah. make that an option for next week. So do you want to do timeline? Next week at Matthew, the week after that, or do you want us to do the timeline and then flow in Matthew? Or what's I, your? I think let's let's try and do a little timeline and start Matthew, because I think it was going to take two lessons anyway. So that way, I, I hate to rush it, but uh, so I, and I think I said this last week. Um, take a look at the beginning of every chapter, and back on chapter 5 where I put in lesson 4 you should have added the following to your timeline and didn't put anything there I'll be adding some of that um, you can download an update sometime later this week but if you look at lessons 2, 3, 4 and 6 
they open with a list of stuff that you should already have in your timeline. So if you come with your timeline already written out in some way, shape, or form, in the back of the book or on the end of the napkin, or in some kind of photoshopped cool deal on your laptop, I will try. There you go. <laughs> um, I hope it's in full color too. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll just uh, maybe instead of embarrassing anybody to get up and try and do it, um, we'll just call things out. And you can say left or right, higher to it. We'll play, you know, pin a tail on the, on the timeline. <laughs> um, cool. Good. 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 Sounds good. Does, if I downloaded the PDF file, does it automatically update with the updates you put online? No. Um, you would have to download another copy. Sorry. Yeah. Doing the best I can. You close it out to it? Yes, sir. Well, with Hanukkah socks, I should hope so. By the way, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. I am jealous. You're <laughs> amazing. Don't come. Avinu Malkinu, our Father, our King. What a blessing it is to study your word, especially during this, this season of miracles and this season of light. It is such a blessing to learn how to be better lights and to how to better walk in the footsteps of Messiah Yeshua together as men as we sharpen each other. We pray, Father, that you would continue to bless our steps, that you would bless our Hanukkah season, that we would fully understand and, and internalize the lessons of this season and be stronger men because of it. We pray, Father, that you would continue to open our minds and, and give us wisdom as we study the complicated and complex texts we can put together a, a beautiful timeline and be prepared as we enter into these final days. Father, we are so grateful for the wonderful teaching and for the, the time and preparation put in by Mr. Martin and Mr. Squitcherini. We, we pray that you would bless their efforts, give them success in all their endeavors. We pray all these things. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gregor. Thank you.